Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Some may say, I'm a winner. Praise God forever. Do you believe that about yourself? You're a winner. You're a member of the body of Christ. A member of the church of the living God. I don't care if you feel like the hangnail of the body. It don't matter. You're still a part of the body of Christ. And you're far above. Far above all devils and demons and evil things. That's who we are. Today. Right now, not someday. Not in the sweet by and by. Right now, in this life, right now, that's who we are. And I really honestly believe that much of the church has lost their identity. Has lost sight of who they really are. But we're getting it back. We're determined to get it back. We're going to get it back by going all the way back to the book of Acts. Because in the book of Acts, we see the church as a triumphant church, as a powerful church, not a timid church, not a timid group of people trying to please everybody, just trying to make everybody happy and just walking around in human natural power or natural human power. No, they were walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the same church that you and I are today. They're called the early church. We call them the early church. Well, dear Lord, what is the latter-day church? Huh? I mean, if the early church was powerful, what is the church to be like today? If, in fact, we've been going from faith to faith, glory to glory for the last 2,000 years. So it's time to pick up the pace and get back in that amazing grace. And flow in the Spirit of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit that He has given us. And so we're looking here in the book of Acts. We are, we started last week a study on this book. So we're going through it verse by verse, the book of Acts. Not just to go through it, not just to have a Bible teaching, but to have a transformation of your life, of your life in this place Today, and in the days ahead, a transformation. I want to be turned inside out, don't you? What does that mean? What do you mean turned inside out? Well, the Bible says Christ is in you. And Christ in you is your hope or confident expectation of glory. Well, what's the glory? That's the manifestation of Christ upon your life. So Christ is in you, and it's your hope or confident expectation of his manifested presence, power, goodness, and awesomeness upon your life. So because he's in you, it's a guarantee that you can have his power manifested upon you in this life. That's the word of God. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting turned inside out. I'm talking about what's on the inside of you, coming to the outside, manifesting on you. Manifesting through you, the Christ, the Son of the living God that is in you. He wants to manifest through you. Just like he manifested in the world 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth in, a, in human form. 
When he walked the earth, he was healing, he was delivering, he was setting captives free. He was no victim of anything or anybody. Jesus wasn't oppressed by anything. And he had mobs of oppressive people. Professional oppressors. I'm talking about real demon-possessed folks that were determined to find some kind of fault in him. Some kind of way to bring him down and to stop him. I mean, he had people working around the clock to stop him. But they couldn't stop him. They couldn't prevail against him. Why? Because everything they said and everything they tried to do didn't get in him. He didn't get discouraged on the inside. He didn't get frustrated. He didn't get mad. He didn't get into fear concerning all the threats that were against him. People coming and saying, Herod the king wants to kill you. They're coming after you to get you. And Jesus never let their words of fear get in on the inside of him. So therefore, it never got to him. And he was able to just blow right on through it. Amen. Without any kind of hindrance. Without any kind of being held back. Without any kind of oppression. He walked in the victory. And it's the same way for you and I. Don't let it get in you. The world. What you're hearing. What's going on around you. Never let it get inside you. Let God's word keep filling you up on the inside. Keep filling yourself up on the good news. Good news, good news, good news. I think that's a big part of our problem today. Is you got people reading every kind of newspaper, every kind of magazine, watching every kind of news, looking at every kind of blog. We got folks looking at blogs, looking at this, looking at that video, this YouTube video, this YouTube video. And I mean, listening to all kinds of stuff and filling themselves up with all that. And guess what's on the inside of them? Defeat, fear, doubt, unbelief. Worry, all these things are on the, they don't have victory on the inside of them because they're not keeping the victory before them and keeping the victory in them. They're letting the world get in them. We've got to watch in this tech-savvy generation with all this technology, all this access to all this information, to all these talking heads, all these people, yappity, 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 all these experts, so many, so many experts and so many things in the world around us. So many professionals, you have to watch because it's so easy to connect these days with whatever. You've got to use some self-control because a lot of stuff, you know, it tries to really get your attention, you know, little spicy headlines, exciting little videos, a lot of color, a lot of flickering, a lot of things to try to get your flesh's attention, and you're going to have to use self-control and say, no, I'm not listening to it. No, I'm not watching it. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm, I'm going to go back. In fact, I'm going to listen to a teaching on faith right about now. In fact, I'm going to go back and last, listen to last Sunday's message. Go back to that recording. I'm going to go back and do this. And fill yourself up on the things of God. Because God produces faith where the world produces fear. And faith is the victory over the world. So if you want to walk in the victory... You got to feed your faith. You got to feed your faith. You got to feed your faith. And faith, according to Romans 10, 17, comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Well, what part of the word do we need to hear today? We need to hear the book of Acts. We need to go back and look in the mirror of the word of God and say, oh, yeah, that's how we are. This is how the church acts. 
This is how the church responds to these circumstances. Because really, even though there's an increase of knowledge and all this technology in the world, the world is still the world. Not much has really changed. It's all the same under the sun. Not much has changed, right? It's all still, it's all still the same. So the same problems, same challenges that the early church faced are the same problems, same devils that you and I face today. Same kind of challenges. So we just go in the Word of God and we find out how did they deal with that? Well, they dealt with it supernaturally. They dealt with it supernaturally. They walked in the grace of God. And so we're getting back to that because there's too much walking in the flesh these days among God's people. Just way too much human reasoning. Too much just reasoning things out. And people just really parroting or echoing everything the world's saying. You know, the world says this, and they go, well, we should be doing this. And we're just echoing the world. No, no, no. The Bible says they did this, we should be doing this. We need to be echoing the Word of God. We need to echo Jesus. So, you know, but, you know there's a lot of echoes in the world, and uh, we want to echo Jesus. And really, echoing Jesus makes you a voice for God. Or makes you God's voice in this world. Being an echo of the world makes you a voice for the world. And the rulers of this world, which are demons. So we don't want to be an echo of the devil. We want to be an echo of Jesus. Can you say amen? Praise God. So we looked at chapter 1 last time. We saw that the book of Acts is a continuation of what Jesus began to do and teach. We saw that in that first couple verses there. How, well, let's just look at Acts 1. I don't, I don't want to go over it all again and again. You can always go back and listen to it. But I love this. It says in verse 1, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Notice that. This is Luke who wrote the book of Acts, and he's referring to his former account, which is the Gospel of Luke, which records the entire life of Jesus, his birth all the way to his death, burial, and resurrection. And it says all of that was just the beginning of what Jesus did. It isn't the fulfillment. Jesus didn't come and finish the job. He came and finished his part of God's plan. When you put God's plan out, Jesus was just a part of God's plan. Major part, but it was just a part of God's plan. Now God's plan continues today through the body of Christ, through his church, through you and I. Through us. So the book of Acts is a recording of the continuous works of Jesus in the earth through his church. Through the Lord's church. Everything Jesus said and did. And we talked about this here in verse 2. Everything Jesus did, he did it by the Holy Spirit. Everything he said and did, he did by the Holy Spirit. He didn't do anything on his own. And it's the same thing for you and I. We're not out here functioning on our own. Everything we do is to be done 
by the Holy Spirit. And then we saw here in chapter 1 that God validates himself by giving proof or evidence of the things he says. He confirms his word. So when we step out on the word of God, God confirms it. God's words are not empty words. They're not just good suggestions. Now you get a hold of God's word and then you need to do this. No, you get a hold of God's word and God will do this. See, we've, we've turned it into a religious thing where, you know, we learn God's word and we learn what to do. What we really need to be learning is what God does through you. That's what we need to be learning. Get a hold of the word of God. Get a hold of faith in God and what he does through you. Don't just get a hold of the word of God and learn about some good godly things that you need to do. Well, anything you do, you're going to do by the grace of God, which is God working through you. See, it's not by your might, by your power. We're not improving ourselves today by getting in the word of God. We're removing ourselves and letting Christ live his life through us. That's what we're doing. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me as I live by faith in the Son of God. We put our faith in him and his grace flows through our life. He has empowered us by baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. We saw in verse 8, Jesus said, said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now, some may have not been. Some watching by live stream may have not been, may have been born again, had the Spirit of God living on the inside of them, but then to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be submerged in the Holy Spirit or immersed in Him, immersed in God. And when you're immersed in God, you have received an arsenal of power. You've received unlimited Holy Ghost, almighty power upon your life. Now, come on, somebody. If we've received almighty power upon our life, I think there should be some powerful things going on, going off through our life. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that right there, knowing that we have received power to be witnesses for Jesus, should cause us to shake ourselves and say, come on. There's a whole lot more I'm to be saying and doing. We're supposed to be walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Can you say amen? And then we saw that Jesus, after talking to his disciples, giving them commandments by the Holy Spirit, he, a cloud came and received him up into heaven. And of course, then there were two angels standing there that told the disciples, in the same way you see him going, he's going to come again. He's going to come again. Well, the Bible has a lot to say. There's several scriptures. I won't go through them, but if you want to jot them down and look at them later, you can. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. Matthew 26, verse 64. And Mark 14, verses 61 through 63. Jesus himself talking about his coming again. And that he's coming in the cloud, with the clouds, with great power. Great power, great glory. That's how he is coming again. So as we get closer and closer to his return, we should be seeing an increase of his power and glory in the earth. Because that's how he is coming back in great glory and in great 
power. Now, verse 12, this is where we pick it up today. Verse 12, it says, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the the zealot, and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So it's letting you know of the 120. It mentions these, but there was actually 120 altogether that were there in this upper room. They had come together. They were waiting for the promise that Jesus said was going to come. The Holy Spirit was going to be poured out on them. They were going to receive power to be witnesses unto him. And uh, notice what they were doing. They were sitting there together playing video games, card games. They were watching a little TV. No. Jesus told them a great awakening's coming. Something incredible is about to happen to planet Earth, and you all are a part of it. My spirit is going to come. It's going to fill your lives in a way like you've never known before. It's going to take you all to another level. The church age will begin, and there will be great glory. And what did they do? They said, well, if it's to be, it's to be. Well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. He said it's going to happen, so praise God. Not much left for me to do. No, what did they do? They spent their time right up until, from the time Jesus gave the promise, right up until the promise was fulfilled, they spent their time in prayer. Prayer. Now, I don't believe they were just praying the whole time. They stopped, they ate, I'm sure. They drank. In fact, uh, they talked about some things. As we'll see here in just a little bit, they got into the scriptures. They saw some things, you know. They were edifying one another in the word of God. But, notice, they were in prayer. Their minds, they kept focused on heavenly spiritual things. Why? Because if you don't, you can very easily miss what God is wanting to do. His glory, no matter how glorious it is, no matter how amazing it is, no matter how powerful it is, can go right past a person who is living their life in the flesh. I mean, they could just miss it. And it happened right there in front of them. I mean, even in a church service like today, God's glory's here, the anointing's here, His, his presence is here. It's just amazing. It's amazing. So thankful to be in the house of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is here. I mean, I feel energized. Praise God. Somebody says, I don't feel it. Well, what are you doing to tap into it? Well, I showed up. I showed up. Of course, my mind is on three different other things. See, we got to make sure we're setting our mind on heavenly things. Setting our mind on the Lord in faith, believing he's here, he's speaking to us. Glory to God. God wants to do some things. God's going to manifest some things in my life. Things are going to happen today. Woo! Nudge somebody next to you and say, something's going to happen today. I don't care if it's just some air next to you. Nudge it so hard it blows a nice strong breeze down the aisle. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah! 
Man, expectancy. Expectancy. I heard one minister say, he said, expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Whoo, hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. Come on, somebody. I remember I was watching one morning. This is years ago, years ago. 20-something years ago. And how many of you ever heard of Benny Hinn? Well, you know, he would have these healing miracle crusades. And so, you know, they're showing the, the healing miracle crusade and all these great miracles that are taking place. And then after they sh- would show the clip they wanted to show, they'd come back to the studio, see? And there'd be just some people sitting there on the set, Benny Hinn and some guests sitting there on the set. And, uh, you know, then they would talk about things and pray for the, the, you know, the television audience and so forth. And so that morning I was sitting there and they came, they, they uh, you know, showed the clip of the miracles, came back to the studio. There was Benny Hinn and a and, and few other ministers sitting there with him. And there was just like this pause. And they were just, there was nothing being said, nothing being done. They were just like, there was just like this quietness and this pause. Almost like a dullness. Didn't last very long. Obviously, it's television, and things move quick. But there was this just, you just sensed. I sensed it. I sensed a dullness in the studio, right after watching these incredible miracles. And the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me. And he said, the day they stop getting excited about these miracles is the day they stop. Now, we're talking about the book of Acts. We're we're talking about getting back to the book of Acts and walking in the miraculous power of God. This is what the Spirit of God said to me. He said, the day they stop getting excited about these miracles is the day they stop. I went, huh. I no sooner did that. And Benny Hinn lunges forward and he hits the guys next to him on on the shoulders. And he says, gentlemen, the day we stop getting excited about these miracles is the day they stop. How's that for a confirmation? Come on, somebody. I mean, I heard from God. It was confirmed right there in front of me. That's a, that's a secret ingredient to the miraculous. Expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. The day you're not excited about the word of God, excited about the miracles of God, the power of God, is the day it goes out with the last apostle. That's where the church is. There's no excitement about it. It's just an old story. Brush the dust off. Let's read it to the kids and children's church. And that's about as far as it goes. And then we wonder why we don't see the miraculous. I just told you. Very simple nugget right there to restore miracles to the church. Excitement. Excitement. Enthusiasm. Will restore miracles. Another minister named Keith Moore, uh, when he was a student out at Rama, Rama Bible Training Center, that's a school that I graduated from. He was sitting on the front row, and they would go to a class called Healing School. They had that after school. They had this extra class called Healing School. And uh, he was sitting up there at the front row, and Brother Hagin was ministering, Kenneth Hagin. And he's walking along ministering the Word of God. And, you know, Brother Keith said, you know, they had just come back from lunch it was cold out, and they had the heat up pretty good in the room, and their stomachs were all full, you know, and they were just kind of sitting there. They were listening, but they were just kind of, you know, just kind of lethargic. 
And Brother Hagin's, you know, he's ministering along very monotone many times in the way he taught, you know. He didn't, wouldn't many times shout and get up in your face or anything like that. He'd just teach, just teach, just teach, teach. And I remember in school when he'd teach, a lot of people would start snoozing. Just that, just that monotone, you know, nothing, nothing to grab your attention. You just, you just kind of, you have to pay attention. Brother Hagin got about in front of him and he said, get excited, boys, get excited. It's when you get excited about the word that it works for you. Praise God. Well, see, that goes right along with what we're talking about. It's when you get excited about the word that it works for you. Why? Because faith believes it. Faith gets excited because what you're believing is awesome. And it's today, it's now, it's for us. In the house of God right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to just shout, praise God. Man, we got to get back to the book of Acts. Too much moping around. Too much lethargic, slipping down in our chairs, in and out, thinking on every other carnal fleshly thing, and missing the whole thing. Missing what God's doing. See? See, we see that over there in Luke's gospel, where Jesus took Peter, James, and John, went on top of a mountain. He went up there, Peter, James, and John, you know, the same ones he took with him in the, in the garden of Gethsemane to watch and pray with. They apparently, you know, they were exhausted. They just climbed the mountain, got to the top of the mountain, probably took out their picnic baskets and ate and ate and just got themselves full of all kinds of sugary things. And then they just got tired, a lot of carbs, you know. They just got tired. They got tired and they began to fall asleep. The Bible says they were heavy with sleep. And suddenly a cloud came and surrounded them. Jesus is in this cloud and Moses and Elijah appear in the cloud and begin to talk to Jesus about going to the cross and the things he's going to accomplish. And these guys, are, they're there, they're awake, they're awake, but they're not fully awake. They're not fully awake. And it actually says that. It says, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. So finally, they woke up. But they didn't see his glory until they were fully awake. Fully. Fully. You know, you could be awake but not awake, not fully awake. You could be awake physically, but your spirit's sleeping. Your soul's in there sleeping. You're physically there. I'm awake. But... Spiritually or not. That's why the Bible says, awake, awake, put on your strength. Put on your... See, he's not talking about physical awake. The Bible has a lot to say about waking up spiritually. Wake up on the inside. Wake your emotions up. What did the psalmist say? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless him. You got to speak to your soul. You got to rise up on the inside. A lot of folks, they get excited and it lasts for just a few minutes and then the excitement begins to wane and fade away. Can't let that happen. That's why we let people shout in church. That's why we let guys like David go, Amen. That's why we let people say, Why? We want to keep you. Connected. We want to keep you participating. We want you to con- express your excitement. Keep, it ex- keep yourself engaged. Keep yourself involved in it. 
Involved in what? Involved in what the Spirit of God is doing. Come on. We're talking about a key to the miraculous. We're talking about getting back to the book of Acts. We're talking about the power of God. You know, people talk about revival. What is revival? I've got a perfect definition of what revival is. It's very simple. It's people acting like the word of God is true. That's, that's revival. If you got everybody acting like the word of God's true, what do you got? Well, just think about it. If somebody said there's a revival that broke out at Life and Faith Bible Church, right? Or we'll just use another church, you know, some other church down the block. Revival broke out. And you said, really? Yeah. Oh, they're having revival, revival, sir. It's a real revival. It's a move of God. And you walked in there. And no amens. I mean, the praise and worship. People are just reading the overhead projector. And amen. Praise God. Man, you'd walk and go, you look around a little bit. Huh? Huh? And people know, we know the wind is blowing outside when we look out the window because the trees are moving. The leaves are blowing. Things are blowing around. Things are moving around. Come on. We're the trees of righteousness, somebody. If the wind of the Spirit is moving, my God, what should the trees be doing? And how strong is that a wind to blowing? Come on. All your dead leaves should be gone, man. Your dead leaves should be gone and raked up, bagged, and out of here. I'm talking about all that baggage. I'm talking about all the sins and all the weights and all the things of this world. All the fl- Come on, there's a wind blowing in here. And if you get in faith about it, it'll take some of those dead things off of you. It'll clean your branches. How many of you need some branches cleaned today? Let the wind blow, praise God. Some people still think, oh, but they're such pretty. They're pretty little leaves. They're dead. They're dead. Let the wind blow the branches. Knock those dead things off of your life. Clean things up. And if we believe that the word is true, if we're acting like the word is true, then that wind is visible through our response to it. Because I got, I got news for you this morning. God is moving. He's been moving from the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. In the, in the beginning, God had created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God was moving over. He was moving over the waters. He was what? Moving. He's, move, he's a moving spirit. He's not perched somewhere, not doing anything. He's a moving. He's a moving. He's been moving since the beginning. He's been moving since the book of Acts. He's come back into the earth. Man kicked him out. Man had dominion. Man kicked him out. But bless God, Jesus got him back. Which is what we're going to get into right now. Acts chapter 2. Notice what they were doing. They were praying. They were praying. They were were filling themselves up with spiritual things. They were being spiritually minded. That's where it starts. Book of Acts, people. That's where it starts. That's your chapter 1. Pray. Are you a prayer? Are you a prayer or do you just pray? You need to be a prayer. Can I get a a response in this? Even if it's a bad response, just say, I'm not a prayer. If you're not a prayer, say, not a prayer. If you're a prayer, say, prayer. Prayer. 
If you want to be a prayer, say prayer. Praise God. Pray. Prayers pray. I said prayers pray. They don't just throw a little prayer time in and say, I did it. Now let's go on to what's really fun. Let's get on with what's really important in life. I did my devotional. I did my duty. No, 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 no. We are prayers. This is what we do. We communicate with God. God communicates with us. We fellowship with the Most High God. We flow with the Spirit of God. We're looking to Him. We're asking Him things. We're yielding to Him. We're looking for Him. We're studying about Him, right? This is who we are. We bring Him into everything. Everything we do in life, we bring God in there. We bring the Word in there. We're prayers. We're prayers. We're mindful of the things of heaven. And we recognize when we start getting too focused on the things of this world. And we pull ourselves out of it. Pull ourselves out of it. That's a time to repent. To repent. Turn from those things and turn back to being heavenly minded. Turn back to setting your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. So here in chapter 2, verse 1. It says, now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Notice that. They were all in one accord. Now, that's pretty awesome. You've got 120 people, and they're all in one accord. How do you get 120 people where there's no division? Everybody's focused on the same goal. Everybody's going after the same thing. How do you do that? Well, it's very simple. You all just focus on the same thing, and that is Jesus. If we all look up to heaven, no matter where we are, if we all look up to heaven, we're all going to end up in one accord. We're all going to end up connected. We're all going to end up in the same place spiritually. But not only in the same place spiritually, notice he said... They were all with one accord in one place. One place. See, we can't really fully get in one accord unless we come together in one place. If different ones go to different places, someone says, you know what? I'm going to go to this other place today. I'm going to go to this other church today. I just don't want to go to this place today. Or you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and live stream. I like live streaming. I'm just going to live stream. I'm going to just watch from this place, this secluded place where it's just me, myself, and I. You're not going to be a part of the army of God and what he wants to do through his body in the last days. Nobody's an island to themselves. We all feed off of one another. We need one another. We support one another. We strengthen one another. I mean, there's a faith in this place today that is strengthening you that you can't even see, but it's there strengthening you. You're connecting to me. I'm connecting to you. You're connecting to each other. God's connecting us together. And coming together in one place is key to us getting into one accord. Unity is so important if we're going to have the power of God flowing and manifesting through our lives in a great way. Because if we're divided and everybody's got their own kind of personal thing going on, then that is going to interfere with the flow 
of the Holy Spirit. So this is a very key thing. We see it back under the old covenant after Solomon had built the temple, which now under the new covenant, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us. But under the old covenant, after Solomon built the temple, he had all the musicians come in, and they all began to make one sound, and they were all in one accord. In fact, there was 120 in there, and they were all with one accord, and the priests, and they were all one accord, and they began to lift their praises and worship to God. And as a result of that, the glory of God came into that temple so strong that the priests literally could not physically stand up under the weightiness of God's presence in that place. They were overwhelmed by the glory of God that was in that place. But again, it mentions they were in one accord. Here, they're in one accord. See, this is key to the anointing flowing. How beautiful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I'm reading to you from the Psalms. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil upon the head of Aaron, the high priest, running down his beard and over all his garments. See, that anointing, that oil is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we're in one accord, how beautiful and pleasant it is, that anointing can just flow down and just drench the whole body. Nobody's left out. Everybody's anointed. Everybody's experiencing the glory and power of God in their life. See, the the more unity there is, the greater the anointing, the greater the oil is going to be able to flow upon our lives. We're getting back to the book of Acts. We're talking about how to get back there. Man, we need unity. We need one accord. How do we do it? We need to be prayers. And we need to come together in one place. God raised up the local church for that very purpose. A place we can come to, meet together, and grow together in one accord. So that the anointing of God can increase upon this place, thus increase upon our life, and God can have a great impact through us in the world. So we have to get back to the house of God if we're going to get back to the book of Acts. We got to get back to that one place. So I understand there's people that are live streaming and but it's for a brief time and then run back to the house of God. Now the devil don't want that. The devil don't want people coming back to the house of God. He'll just tell you, now just stay in bed. It's okay. You can just watch sitting here under the covers. You could just you could just watch it's just the same thing. It's it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Thank God for the grace that is available to those live streaming today because they have to. But those that just simply choose to out of the flesh, out of laziness, or for some other reasons, I can't guarantee that grace is going to be there. Because if you're out of your place, you're out of that grace. So the place for a believer to be on Sunday morning is in the house of God. God ordained that. And so it says that one place for a reason. They were with one accord in one place. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. 
and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Praise God. You're all in a better position than me. You're in the house and you're sitting. I'm standing. Lord, don't leave me out. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. How many people think that might stir you up a little bit? That put a little fire under you if you look over and see some fire upon some people around you. You look around and go, Brother Aaron's got a flame on top of his head. You start seeing flames appearing on top of people. How many of that might wake you up a little bit? Oh, how many would leave the church service? They go, it was incredible. It was incredible what happened to church today. What happened? I saw flames of fire on people's heads. I got news for you, friends. The flames of fire are here. The Bible says he makes his ministers a flame of fire. So we know the fire of the anointing of God, it's burning, and it's in this place. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's a fire on the inside of you. All you got to do is just stir the thing up. Now, it might not appear. You might not physically see it, but it is here. It is still here. Why can't you walk out of here just as, faith, just as, just as excited by faith as you would in the flesh if you saw it? We walk by and not by. So you admit, you'd be excited and say, I saw fire on top of, I saw fire on top of their heads. I saw it. Okay. I believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. If you went up to somebody and said, I saw fire on top of Bob Bishop's head. You said, I saw fire on top of his head. I saw it. I saw it. Would you expect the person you're telling that to to get excited about it? I mean, what if they looked at you and go, okay. You would expect them to get excited at you telling them that, right? Why? Because you would expect them to believe it as though they were there. That through you, they believe that it happened as though they were there. Really? Wow. Well, guess what? Do you believe the word of God? There's fire upon your heads. The anointing of the Holy Ghost is upon your life. The power of God is in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is moving. The wind of the Spirit is blowing. Oh, hallelujah. God is happy this morning. How about you? God's excited this morning. How about you? Hey! Come on, somebody. Just don't sit there and watch the house burn. Bless God. Let a spark get in your hair. Let a spark get in your hair so you say, oh, yeah. Stir up the gift of God. That's what he would say. Lord, light the fire again. Stir it up. Stir it up. A lot of people asking God, 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 revive us. Act like the word of God is true. Huh? Act like the word of God is true. Get excited. Can you do that? If you have faith, you can. But you see, it requires a pressing through the scene. And that feeling realm, the sense realm, requires you to have to push past that to really get a hold of this. That we're flames of fire. (laughs) Great balls of fire. Praise God. We're here. 
Where's the book of Acts, man? Rekindling, restirring, stirring up, stir, stir in to a flame. That fire of God that's on the inside of you. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. Let me read this verse 2 from the Amplified Classic. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like the rushing of a violent tempest blast, and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. Man, that's not some little quiet thing. Somewhere in that little Baptist church down the block. Nothing against the Baptist church down the block. Don't get me wrong. But I got news for you. God, God's not always conservative. He's not always very quiet. He does speak in a small, still voice. You got to pay attention. But you see, if you'll pay attention to the small, still voice and allow him to work in your life continually, then you are setting yourself up for a suddenly where he comes like a violent hurricane. He comes... I'm just reminded of a rock song. Rock you like a hurricane. Just came to my memory. I'm going to rock you like a It's a crazy some of the stuff the Lord will bring to your remembrance. Rock you like a hurricane. Rock you like a hurricane. Ain't nobody can rock you like a hurricane like the rock of ages. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Get that song ready. I'm about ready to shout. I'm about, to, I'm about ready to convert that song. Convert another song around here. Praise God. God wants to rock you like a hurricane. Devil, 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 you know, that's it. Devil, he wants to rock you like a hurricane, right? I got news for you. There ain't no hurricane like a Holy Ghost hurricane because a Holy Ghost hurricane don't stop. There ain't no hurricane like a Holy Ghost hurricane because a Holy, Holy Ghost hurricane don't stop. He came in there, and notice it says he filled first the house. He filled the house. Before they got filled, they did get filled, but before they got filled, the disciples, he first filled the house where they had gathered together. Psalm 63, 2, it says, I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Where's the first place we need to be looking if we want to see his power and his glory? It's in the sanctuary. See, that's why we have it over the door. When we walk in, we need to remind ourselves of that. I'm coming in here to look. I'm coming in here looking for your power and your glory. I'm not looking for just a nice teaching. I'm just not looking for a nice pastor to give me a nice message. I'm looking for his power and his glory. Because it fills the house. It fills the house. And when you're in the house, you're a part of it, and it fills you. Second, house first. See, we got a lot of folks in the church world today talking down about the house of God. Say, that's just a building. Where are the church? Where are the church? That's just a building. Well, no, it's not just a building, friend. And with that kind of attitude, you'll keep God's power and God's glory out of your facility. You'll keep it out of the building, that kind of mentality. We've got to have a Bible mentality. What does the Bible say? 
Well, I'm glad you asked me. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Here's what the Bible says about the house of God. It says, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. And if you're reading in its context, he's talking about how to conduct yourself in church services. When we come together, what we should and shouldn't do together. So he says, how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is just a building. It's just a facility. Is that what he said? No, 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 no. He goes on, which is the church of the living God. I got news for you. This building, it's the church of the living God. The living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. The ground of the truth, so I'm at the foundation. It's the foundation to the truth that sets people free. Jesus is the truth. And he says that the church, the house of God, is the church of the living God. And it is the foundation and the pillar. In other words, it's the support to the truth. To the word of God. No, no, no. God's house is very important. Yes, we are the house of God as his people. But the place where we meet and consecrate to him is also called his house. His church. And he takes it very, very serious. And therefore, so should we. Should we take it serious? Should we take God's house serious? We should take this place so serious. This place is so important. We got to watch in this, in this era of live streaming. And again, lots of your live streaming, great, special grace today. But hopefully this is getting you stirred up about getting back in here just about as fast as you can get here. This isn't a condemnation thing about live streaming today because you needed to. We understand that. Thank God for it. But... Get in the house of God as fast as you can. Because it's where you belong. It's the church of the living God. It's the church of the living God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The pillar and the ground of the truth. And so he filled the house. Number one. He filled the house where they were assembled together. Just to go on. This just a, just a little bit longer. Genesis chapter 28 and verse 16. Here's Jacob. He's sojourning towards a certain place. He lies down. He sets up this rock, lies down, puts his head on it, goes to sleep. Makes a pillow out of it. Goes to sleep. Has a dream. Sees a ladder in heaven uh, going all the way up into heaven. The angels of God ascending and descending on on this ladder. He wakes up, and notice what he says. This is why God used this man so powerfully. Jacob, his, he was later visited by an angel, and his name was changed to Israel. And so the nation of Israel is named after this man, Jacob. Think about how mightily God used him. And here it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. I was sitting there, and and I didn't even know it. I thought it was just a facility. 
Verse 17, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Well, see, that agrees with what we just read, New Testament, over here in the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.15. Man, this is, the house of, this is the house of God. This is the church of the living God, right? The pillar and ground of the truth. Man, that, this, how, how awesome is this place? That's what, that's what the apostle Paul's trying to say here to Timothy, or through Timothy, through this letter. How awesome is this place? Hey, there's no cloud. He doesn't wake up and see a cloud. He just had a dream. But that's all it took for this man of prayer, this man of faith, to realize how awesome this place was where he was. It was a significant place. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of of heaven. Friend, I got news for you. This place is awesome. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Come on, somebody. God flows in this place. God wants to fill this house. We're talking about getting back to the book of Acts. We're talking about getting back to the power of God. We're talking about the miracle signs and wonders that we see there happening here. That's what we're talking about. How are we going to get there? How awesome is this? How awesome is this? Say the whole thing. How awesome is this place? This is God's house. This is God's church. This is an awesome place. See, we got to get back to that kind of reverence for God's house. This is holy ground. I mean, God appeared to Moses in that burning bush. And, 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 he, and Moses begins to move towards it to get a closer look at why this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And the Lord speaks to him and says, take the sandals off your feet. For the place, the place where I'm manifesting, this place is holy ground. You watch how you walk here, Moses. This is holy ground. This is the house, the church of the living God. This is an awesome place. See, we have to have that kind of attitude. We have to have that. Bible attitude. We have that, got to have that kind of godly attitude about church. Church is awesome. Church is awesome. And there's so much going on here. There are angels ascending and descending from this place. There are things coming from heaven, and God's hearing our prayers, and He hears our cries and our shouts and our praises, praises that are offered here, and that all ascends to Him. There's angels working here. Come on, this is work. This is, a, this is a place where angels work, work for God. A lot of great things are happening here. So see, it takes faith. It takes faith to know this is a busy place. This is an amazing place. Don't you judge things according to the flesh. And how many seats are filled? How many seats are empty? How many people here? How many people not here? And, you know, the pastor and, and that and what time it is. And, and, and you're so conscious of, of the natural, natural things. Missing the whole thing. Missing the whole thing. Maybe you walk away with just, with just a, little, a little nugget. Forget about a little nugget. Let's, let's become a life transformed Man, I want, I want to get a bigger amen than that or a yes. or Come on, somebody. We're talking about a mighty rushing wind here. We're a part of the hurricane. We're a part of the hurricane. Can you say amen? 
Ooh, hallelujah. Say, I'm part of the hurricane. Getting back to the book of Acts by reverencing God's house. Hallelujah. He's not always quiet, guys. He could be violent. He could be loud, flamboyant. He could be very showy. God likes to show off. I got news for you. He's a demonstrator of his power. Praise God. And he likes to do it to you, through you. He wants to demonstrate through you. I'm not saying that's you, but that sure is not going to get us anywhere if, if we're all drawn in to ourselves, just sunken into ourselves. No, we got to get out of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Man, I got to quit and I don't want to. Ooh, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4 says, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thank God for speaking in tongues. Tongues is the initial evidence that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. As soon as they were filled, they started speaking in tongues. If you're, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll start speaking in tongues. If you're not speaking in tongues, you should be speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is for you today. It's for all of us. Well, you see, what actually what that is, is Latin. <laughs> it's Latin. They were speaking in foreign languages, and uh, that's what that was. Well, no, that's not what it was. Now, we, we're going to go on, and I, can't, I just ran out of time. So some of you will read ahead and say, it was foreign language. Just hang in there. Help is on the way. I'm going to help your head. Get it all straightened out. Praise God. After I mess it all up. Yeah, sometimes you gotta mess it. You gotta mess, you gotta mess people up before you can clean them up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, we're just a bunch of holy rollers, aren't we? Man, oh man, oh man, full of the Holy Ghost. Tongue talking. All right, just let me just give you one scripture just so just somebody might need this. The Latin guy might need this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man. No. Not to the Latin-speaking man, not to English-speaking man, not Chinese, not Japanese, not Spanish. No. No man. He does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. It's a spiritual language speaking mysteries to God and by the Spirit of God. They got this when they were filled with the Spirit. They didn't get this when they went to school and began to get taught all kinds of different languages, as some people have suggested. (laughs) Hallelujah. So he said, thank God for speaking in tongues. This is a supernatural language written here in the epistles, written here in 1 Corinthians 14 for one, letting us know it's for us today. It's for you and I today. And there's a lot of things that come with speaking in tongues. There are a lot of things that we do through speaking in tongues, which again, I just don't have time for to get into today. Can you say amen? But thank God for this, this incredible language. And again, he says, he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, for no one understands him. You know, a lot of folks aren't going to understand you. Not only when you speak in tongues, they're just not going to understand you. 
They're not going to understand you if you are revived. If you are experiencing a personal revival. If you walk around excited like the word of God is true. Imagine that. The word of God is true. Oh, man. People are not going to understand you. Okay. That's okay. Well, we have to make them understand if we want to win them to the Lord. Well, we'll get into that next time. Boy, I sure want to. I wish next time was now. But, you know, I like to keep things done in a timely fashion. And besides that, I've given you enough to shout about anyway. I've given you enough to put into practice already. Praise God. Let's get that irreverence back for the house of God. Let's get excited about the word. Let's get excited about the moving of the spirit of God. Woo, praise God forever. So that's what we do, not just now, but when we leave this place. We just begin something. We just begin, we just begin something in you today. When you leave here, let the spirit of God continue to work in you. And through you to stir up these things. You hold yourself accountable all week long. Every hour of the day. To see if you're in a revival. If you're acting like the word of God's true. Like Jesus is really Lord. And he's right there with you. Amen. Now again I don't mean you had to be just sitting in the corner somewhere. Just sitting in the closet. That's what I'm saying. You can go out, you can do all kinds of fun things, you can do all kinds of activities, you can do all kinds of things, and engage in all kinds of relationships, have all kinds of things going on, as long as it doesn't contradict the Word of God. And uh, have God right smack in the middle of it. Right smack in the middle of it, hallelujah, overflowing with the joy of the Lord. Amen, overflowing with faith, confidence, excitement about the miraculous, and always looking now for God's power to leap forth from your life And set a captive free. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord. Praise God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.